Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan. And I'm Kevin Henry. Welcome to Chew On This. We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew on. If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us. And now, let's give you something to chew on. And we are back with another edition of Chew on This. Kayvon, how are you? I am great, TD. Good to talk to you. We are so excited today, listeners, because we have great stories for you. And the kind of stories that make us giggle. So I know they're going to make you giggle. Um, some are very informative and some not so much, but, you know, yeah. fun to say. The The word of the day is always salacious. Salacious <laughs> is such an excellent word, Teresa Duncan. It excellent is, word. It is. What do you think of the word disgruntled? Ooh, I love well, it depends on who's disgruntled, I guess. I love the word itself, <laughs> but I'm not sure I love the people. How about that? <laughs> it's just a fun word to say. And then you always want to know, well, who's actually gruntled? Like, that's yeah, the that, other part of it. Did they take the gruntle out? Is that why they're dis? I, I don't <laughs> no, know. What, I, hap- what happened here? I sometimes feel like gruntle is my adjective. <laughs> might be my adjective. I'm gruntled today. <laughs> You know, if I still play Dungeons and Dragons, maybe that'd be my character name. You know, I could be Gruntle. Grunt, <laughs> be Gruntle the Wizard. I love it. <laughs> okay. Then when I was, go ahead. Then when I was killed, I could be disgruntled. See, you get... There you go. So, <laughs> wow, we've gone off the rails like within the first, what is this, first minute and 24 <laughs> seconds. Okay. <laughs> now, now, see, I'm telling you, our listeners are loyal. They have to be to put up with us. And we appreciate them <laughs> oh so much. Trust me. <laughs> so you were, were in your glory. You found a whole bunch of statistics and you found a whole bunch of stuff to share with us. I, I love statistics. So lay it on me. All right. So I'm going to be kind of the straight man because I know what you've got coming. So I <laughs> feel like I'm paving the runway here for you. But uh, definitely some things to talk about as we head into the new year as we kind of look at what's going on with our patients. And I think it's a real good thing to get these statistics and see how it applies in your practice. How does it apply to your patient base? So the CDC has come out with oral health data. And, and there's some pretty alarming things in here. And, and I want to talk about our country first, the great United States of America. Um, but they have said that now more than one in four U.S. adults, 26%, have untreated dental cavities. Now, I know we've always talked about caries in the past, but this is actual cavities, which I think is pretty interesting. And then there's two others that I think uh, really raised an eyebrow to me. Uh, Nearly half, uh, 46% of adults 30 and older have signs of gum disease, and 13% of uh, children ages 5 to 19 have untreated tooth decay. So... I want to baseline those numbers, and I'll be honest, I have not done that before we hopped on here, but I'd love to see how did this change in the last five years, before we knew what COVID was, before Mm -hmm. dentistry was shut down, before it was deemed non-essential. How have those numbers changed? Uh, In my head, they've gone up, but I I don't know that for a fact. Well, I know um, the mask wearing, I mean, there's now all the studies are now coming out about mask mouth. For kids, yes. so um, yes. and adults too. But there's, um, I mean, honestly, when you restrict the flow of oxygen and the bacteria that cause caries is anaerobic, 
then of course you're like giving them like a really nice environment to live in this bacteria. So that makes total sense that the caries rate has, you know, is where it is. That's really sad though, because the number one, I think, I think if I remember correctly, the number one reason that kids miss school is for, for tooth pain, right? You're exactly right. Yeah. And, and something that's so, something that's so preventable. And I think that's the thing that, that we as an industry really need to wrap our heads around is that this is going on in our country. And I want to get to the global statistics here in just a minute, Mm -hmm. but, but what are we doing to educate? What are we doing to make sure, you know, I don't know, you know, I remember again, pre pandemic, all the tooth fairy visits that used to happen in schools and everything else, you know, I don't know how many of those are happening now compared to back then. I'd be very curious to hear. That's a good point. You're right. Uh, because everything is so locked down now, too. I mean, you never and so much is remote still. I mean, there's still some school systems that have a pretty decent population that are remote. Absolutely. I can't even imagine Noah in elementary school sitting in front of a monitor watching oh. teachers. I couldn't even. There's just no way I'd have to strap him to the chair yeah. <laughs> to get him to watch. So let me ask you this, though. The Carrie's piece, not really surprising. The perio disease part, I really would be interested in baselining that because yeah. it just feels like every year the stats go up on that. Um, I agree. You know, we've got energy drinks. We've got, you know, cigarettes are still there. Vaping is still there. And now they're, they've got ties, too, with marijuana. You know, even though whatever it is with marijuana, I don't want to go down mm-hmm. that road. But basically, like, there's there's more with that. And And remember, you and I talked about this a long time ago. Marijuana can impede the um, uptake of oxygen, right? So anesthesia may have an issue. And also it affects their decision-making skills. So now what I'm seeing all over the place is marijuana, the impact of marijuana on your patients and treatment plans. And I'm like, ah, again, Kevin and I, we're ahead of the curve. (laughs) Uh, As always. You know, and you and I did not talk about this before we came on the air. Last night I was watching our local news here in Denver you know, Colorado, I don't know if you knew this or not, but we're pretty known for our weed consumption here in, here in the great state of Colorado. Is that what that smell is? Uh, it is, you know, <laughs> and sometimes when the wind blows just right, hey. <laughs> but but they were saying on the news last night how that the state of Colorado has noticed that obviously during the pandemic, and this should be no surprise, marijuana usage went up significantly. Mm. But in the two years, you know, uh, almost three now since, uh, they have noticed that it really hasn't leveled off. So it really is something, you know, and, and good, for, good for the marijuana business. But I think that that's something, again, we've got to know as a dental industry is that at least in my state, the marijuana consumption has definitely not dropped. So you're right. What has that done? Is there a correlation uh, to oral health with that? I'd love to know. If I had a license to protect, I'm not doing anything on somebody that walks in high. I'm just not. Their decision-making skills are not there. Absolutely. They might be very funny, but that doesn't help. <laughs> that doesn't help. I'm not looking for comedy. I'm looking for, you know, take that tooth out without without incident. So there's that with the whole, the, the perio disease. I, I am stunned that perio is not at like 80% of the population because I feel like I run into that 80% everywhere I go. <laughs> Can I ramp you up on some gum disease yeah, stats now? Yeah, let's okay. Go. Since we're since we're talking about so the World Health Organization took the CDCs a little bit further and is looking all around the world and they called and I'm going to quote here the global situation is alarming 
and we're going to link to this in the show notes, but alarming was the word that they used because they say that severe, now I don't have a definition for that, but severe gum disease is now affecting roughly 1 billion people in our world. And untreated cavities is affecting more than 2 billion people all around our world. Every one of those flies United Airlines with me. That's all <laughs> they I'm all sit right there by you. <laughs> Teresa, we have a special seat for you. Here you go. <laughs> it's wild to me. There's cultures that have oral healthcare habits, but still have these issues, like the the betel sticks that yes, you know, are chewed. I think in India, and I know some yep. parts of Africa, they chew the betel sticks and wood keeps some mouths clean, but really doesn't do much for others. And so. I don't know. There's just all sorts of homegrown cultural issues, but we got to get a toothbrush in there. Not just a regular toothbrush. We need some like power behind that toothbrush. And, and those chewing sticks, that started at a very early age. So mm-hmm. it just becomes part of your nature, part of your culture, part of who you are. And you're exactly right. You're fighting an uphill battle at that point against any kind of oral health. Well, and I remember somebody telling me, a doctor telling me a long time ago that if you had to go to a desert island, he was laughing that people say, oh, I want my toothbrush. He's like, I don't care about the toothbrush. I want floss, like an unlimited supply of floss. He's like, you can use the sand as, you know, like your abrasive to clean the teeth, but you need something to get in between. And as we know, TikTokers will use their hair. So Of course. Hello. (laughs) I was just just thinking, I wouldn't take floss. I've already got it. You know, hey, I'm good. So, yeah, there's all sorts of ways to uh, naturally combat this gum disease. So was there any notice in the article about the areas like Africa, Asia, Americas? It did not state that. I thought it was real interesting because it went into the whole, and and again, this is for the public, so it makes sense that they tried to explain, here's how you take better care of your teeth. Here's, Mm -hmm. you know, you should brush two times a day for two minutes. You know, things that, you know, we always go, well, duh, but at the same time, it's good that this message is getting reaffirmed outside the dental practice as well. Right. Here's the one thing that I wish would happen for dentistry somehow is that the World Health Organization said that obviously oral health care should be part of universal health coverage, either free of charge or at a price that people can afford. Mm-hmm. They're arguing in this article that access is obviously a very tough thing, not just because of where you live, but also the finances that you may have. And you know, Tracy, you and I both know that people make the choice all the time to buy something else other than maybe oral health. It's interesting that the view of the patient's consumer habits is finally getting people's attention because for years and years and years, dentists have always wanted to think of patients as patients and not consumers. And, right. you know, I've been talking about this for a while, you and I both, and I've noticed in the last two years or so, the resistance to that is almost gone. Because I would always inevitably, talking treatment planning, right, I would inevitably have some doctor or hygienist say, well, I don't want to do this because, you know, I don't want to compromise my ethics and I don't see them as a, I've never seen a patient as like just a slot machine. That's not what I'm talking about. They are consumers at heart and they don't distinguish, oh, this is dental, so I should think differently. They don't do that. No. Their retail habits convert over to us and we need to grab that as an industry and make it work for us or else another office is going to do it. And you're going to be sitting there going, why don't they call my office to schedule? I have a receptionist that can handle it because they don't want to talk to you. They want to go schedule online. Exactly right. What do you think, though, about making basic preventive services 
as part of universal health care. And I guess it had to be part of the state system, the Medicaid system. So everybody gets a cleaning. Okay. I, and, and yes, on the surface, that sounds great. But you and I both know there's still a stigma about going into the dental practice as well. It's going to hurt. They're going to try to upsell me. You know, all the things mm-hmm. that you and I hear all the time. So I think even if you offered it for free, yeah, you'd get an uptick. But I don't think you'd get to 100% or even close to it. Yeah, I don't think so either. I would say you could hire a whole bunch of dental therapists to do this, honestly. And I do believe there should be more dental therapists. I mean, I, I know that makes me unpopular with some dentists, but it is what it is. I think we need more. What if we did just free hygiene visits, no evaluations, the screening can be done by the hygienist, and then it's on the patient to do whatever. Other side of that is, well, why are we paying for them just to get their teeth, you know, surface scraped, and there's more there to it. But I think once you get people in the door and get them in a habit, and then they realize that we can fix things, I just think we need to break that barrier. Like you said, there's people that just don't go in. No. And you know, a friend of mine is, uh, does a lot with the Oklahoma Mission of Mercy, you know, and and I know a lot of states do the Mission of Mercy Day. And, and the people that come in there and line up because they need help, it's staggering. Mm-hmm. But it's also one of those things that if that person had done something to prevent it ahead of time, you know, there's so many things that, that could have been taken care of at just the normal, everyday things that you and I do all the time to take care of our oral health. If they had done that, they would have never been in that position. I absolutely agree. I think that there's a way that we've got to figure out to expand things to more of the public and, and again, really educate them about it's not going to hurt. Mm-hmm. If it does hurt, how, how do you get through that first pain point? I, I think that that's a really important thing that we've got to think about as an industry is what messaging are we putting out there right now about the stigma that goes with walking into a dental practice. For sure. Yeah, I, I need to know more, Kevin, because – the competitive nature comes out like who's got better teeth than us. Like, that's what I want to know. Like who's got the better teeth. It can't be, it can't be England only because they have such a reputation, right? <laughs> we, just, we just lost all our British listeners. See, that's how quick it happens. You know, we, we've talked a lot about Sweden on here in the past. Maybe it's those Sweden. Scandinavian folks, it's the Swedes, you know, maybe it's our friends in Scandinavia. It might be. We're going to have to look into that because I, I am curious who has better, who, which country has better teeth. It's probably a per capita issue. I'm sure that it's got to be a rich country, right? Like, you know, it's probably like uh, Monaco. <laughs> Monaco would be good. Or the Vatican. The Vatican. Uh, That's its own country, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'll put out a bet here mm. because I always hear about Denmark. I'm going to go with Denmark. Denmark. Our Danish listeners, if you'd like to write this in the note, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Denmark because I always hear things about Denmark's healthcare system and everything else. So, what about that? Oh, all right. They do eat a lot of fish. Lots and lots of fish. <laughs> fish are not as hard on the teeth as, you know, okay. some of the stuff we eat. Like, we're barbecue. We're, you know. <laughs> God bless us for that, too. I, I mean, we're the greatest country in the world. So That's right. Of course, we've got to have that kind of food. But if you put up somebody who eats anchovies versus somebody who eats a whole slab of barbecue, I mean, I'm going to, you're right. I'm That's where you need the floss. You need the floss, see? <laughs> and not just the hair. You need the floss. So there you go. If you're eating all that barbecue, you may need to get some fishing line that was a good Maybe 10-pound test or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other statistics of note? 
I'm just going to let people check all that in the show notes. I feel like that I'm holding back. I'm like the dam holding back this lake that's getting ready to erupt here. So, so I'm going to pass it over to you for what's going to be a fascinating discussion. You know, uh, so I'm always looking for the, the stories that are going to benefit our listeners the most. Very strenuous, rigorous selection process for these stories. <laughs> I, I only bring the best to our always. listeners. I found myself perusing the New Jersey Law Journal, Kevin, and uh, in it... I do that every day, every day. (laughs) Just watch you guys to know this is the (laughs) stuff I do. So in this journal, uh, I was just drawn in by this title. And and honestly, the person who wrote up this blog post, looks like Charles Tutant is his name. Kudos for a title that just can do nothing but suck a reader in. Okay. Knockers and boobs, Kevin. $7 million award in dental office sexual harassment suit. So knockers and boobs is uh, what this case is actually being called. (laughs) Wow. So basically a bunch of dentists. Okay. In this one, in this one office, or actually I think it's two different offices, a bunch of dentists accused of doing a whole bunch of stuff. And I'll get into that in a second. One defendant split up. And took his own law counsel, and the other dentist had their own law counsel. Well, after a couple of years, this is back in 2015 that the suit was filed. After a couple of years, the the group of dentists, the lawyers, said peace out. They filed paperwork to to leave, and so really they didn't have anybody defending them. This group of of dentists, and so what ended up happening was. They asked for pretty much what they call, uh, uh, there's something different, but it's basically like a summary judgment. Like basically because the other counsel isn't participating in the defense of anything, <laughs> let's go ahead and have a, a judgment made because there's no defense. So, you know, what are we doing here? Basically that's where the award was made $7 million. So this one dentist, Vaughn Clemens, and this is all in New Jersey. He still is waiting to hear what's going to happen. And and I don't, you know, again, nothing, it's alleged. It's all alleged. But basically, there was just a whole lot of rude stuff going on, Kevin. So this is oh, a good HR, well, in, in my opinion. Okay, well. Your level might be a little bit different. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yes, two, two offices. So Signature Smiles in Vineland, New Jersey, and Atlantic City. That's the, the where the offices happen. Eight employees, eight plaintiffs filed wow. the suit. That's a lot, right? I mean, that's one or two, you can kind of think, okay, maybe, but eight, that's like, yeah, it, it's like party central there, right? Yep. It sounds like, allegedly. Let's do this. I'm just going to read through, and uh, Kevin, I'm going to ask that you kindly refrain from making, you know, childish juvenile comments. What? No, I'm just kidding. Go at it. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, the plaintiffs, whose titles included a comptroller, a technician, and a dental assistant, they had a comptroller. That's revenue cycle stuff. Like, I've never. Comptroller is not a normal dental office staff job. Okay, so they had a comptroller, a technician, and okay. dental assistant. They claimed that the two dentists, the two principals, Uh, repeatedly subjected them to unwelcome touching of their breasts and buttocks are are one of our favorite words and solicitation of sexual encounters. So one of the Milt Halleck is the 
the one who was ending up getting the settlement against him. Um, he frequently discussed and commented on female employees, knockers, tits and boobs in the workplace, all in quotations, wow. and referred to females as, you know, this is a family friendly podcast. So I'm going to say they referred to females as the female dogs. Okay. Wow. I don't want to get, you know, dinged by Apple for that kind of stuff. This is just so not normal. The suit also claimed that defendant Halleck exposed his genitals or pictures of his genitals to the plaintiffs and required those employees who requested time off to send him a picture of themselves nude or dressed in lingerie. Oh, geez. So, Kevin, if you ever want time off from the podcast, you're going to have to get some lingerie <laughs> pictures sent my way to make it work, right? There, there's nobody that wants to... You know, you would probably tack on time. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah. No, nobody wants to see that. I'm just telling you. The mind of someone who does this, I just cannot understand. So, first of all, sending pictures is one thing. But how do you even get the stones to say to someone, I want nude pictures of you? Oh, not even that, Kevin. I want nude pictures of you in lingerie. Like, he's being specific at this point. Yeah, I'm not sure where the filter shuts off there. I'm really not. Yeah. I just don't get it. So calling the employees female dogs is just, that's, you know, I mean, talk about hostile work environment. Clemens is going to have a separate judgment against him. So he's not party to that $7 million award. So these employees might actually end up with more when that second lawsuit goes to, um, gets to completion. And so I am just stunned um 6.2 million in compensatory and punitive damages and then of course almost a million dollars in legal fees because remember this started back in 2015 wow one thing that i was thinking about is my gosh when this stuff happens and you file the suit what you want is resolution it's 2015 and you have to wait all the way all the way to 2022 for resolution like I got to feel like sometimes it's, it may not be worth it, you know, like, well, 6.2 is worth it. Don't get me wrong. But the stress of being in a lawsuit for that long is really just, that's tough. And what if they didn't get a judgment? That's a million dollars in legal fees that you'd be on the hook for. And my mind immediately goes to what's going on with the patient base during this point? You know, what's going on where people here that this is happening, especially the female patients, obviously. I'd be real curious some of the reactions that came out of that. If these dentists were lecherous, what a word, lecherous. That's another good word. That's a good word, right? If they were were kind of gross and dirty and lecherous towards the employees, you don't think that they were like that with patients? So I'm sure they crossed that line too. It's just that the patients don't get together and talk about it. The staff does. Yeah, how many lawsuits will come now from... You know, if they were under sedation or whatever it might be, I'll be that'll be something very interesting to watch too. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you got to keep your hands to yourself, people. I mean, this is like preschool stuff, right? Like, keep your hands to yourself. Can we talk about that for just a minute? Because <laughs> I have heard this said that well, he's of a certain generation, so mm-hmm. that's just was how it was done, and I'm sitting here going that was how it was done maybe then this is now and and i'm going to tell you with with my daughter being out in the workforce soon and things like that don't want to have to worry about the lecherous folks Mm -hmm. the disgruntled people you know whatever whatever (laughs) word we want to use here you know 
but but it is something really that I there's no excuse because you and I have both heard people say, well, that's just who he is, and it's almost a, a shrug of the shoulders. No, stop. No, it's it's not good enough because listen, there's there's parts of me that's who I am, but I have to control myself in public, right? Because <laughs> I would love to go like hog wild on some of these people, like with my, you know, like you are driving me nuts, not like touching Kevin, but like, of course, you know, there's certain people that you just want to just look at them and say how does your brain even function? I can't do that, Kevin. So if you're a lecherous person, you have to, you know, maybe that makes them disgruntled. (laughs) They have to hold their lechery back. (laughs) So Teresa, what that tells me though, is that your filter is working properly. Yes. Your filter is working. I'm going to tell you, there are some folks, their filter needs to be cleaned out because it's, it's junked up. Yeah. You know, there's some amalgam going on in there. I'm just telling you. So. We need to break out the Windex. You need you need some reprogramming or something. It's not even just men, Kevin. I know quite a few women of my age who really do need a filter. Listen, I would love a pool boy just like everybody else. But you can't, right? Like you, can't. you can't go around Vegas interviewing for the position. You just can't. You just can't. You, know, you could try. But but I would certainly do it with a fake mustache or something on, you know, something. You know, you can get you a blonde wig. How about that? Right. <laughs> get your blonde wig and then, you know, yeah. you can be Tatiana Duncan or something going around interviewing these people. Oh That'd be fine. Oh, my God. My alter ego. My See? alter ego is not even pool boy solicitation. My alter ego is the grumpy <laughs> consultant. That's really it. Isn't that sad, Kevin? I can't even be lecherous. I just go straight to grumpy. That's a switch I didn't expect you to throw right there. I'm just going to tell you. So really, I mean, knockers and boobs. So obviously we know that women are the the intended, the point of this lawsuit. Um, I just want to advise you all when you're looking up knockers and boobs lawsuit, be careful because I did that and realized I should have been careful. <laughs> That's probably a search history. Yeah, yeah. Found a lot of knockers and boobs and then the lawsuit <laughs> was way down towards the bottom. So uh, that was interesting reading too. So, <laughs> but apparently Googling dental... Dentist sexual harassment lawsuit is a time killer. So, Kevin, if you're in the airport and you need something to Google, I really felt like I hit a goldmine of stories over and over again. You know, there there was a publication that I used to work for that will remain nameless <laughs> that I, I would do that every once in a while. And, and it turned into some pretty amazing content, salacious content, but amazing nonetheless. High clicks, right? You know, because you can talk about this just like we're doing. You yeah. can say, this is what happened, and here's how you don't do that or why you right. shouldn't do that. It's a teaching moment. Huh. We really haven't spent time on that because we really just like talking about the whole fact that it's knockers and boobs. So, Kevin, <laughs> let's let's go into, let's make this a teachable moment. What is your advice? Because you've talked to a lot of assistants, and I know you've heard something like this before. Oh, and so- I've, heard, I've heard tales. So how do you handle, you know, uh, the assistant that comes to you and says, you know what, I listened to your podcast, you guys were talking about the knockers and boobs, and I am in a situation like that. What do you do? Here's the simple truth, and you know this as well as I do right now, is that team members are more in control of their careers than they have ever been in the past. Yep. There is more need for an assistant hygienist, insurance coordinator, whatever you might be, than there ever has been. So if there is a situation that you are uncomfortable with at your practice, and dentists, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this, if that you're making a staff member, a team member uncomfortable, 
they have every right to leave and they have every right to pursue another job because I guarantee you it won't be long until they find somewhere else where they are respected, where they don't have to put up with that every day. So to all those who worry about, well, what if my team leaves me? What if I have to fill an opening? Maybe you do everything you can ahead of time to make sure they don't leave, that they feel comfortable, valued, appreciated, all those things. And certainly if they don't feel harassed whenever they walk into the practice every day. You know, one thing that I remember, this is a long time ago, and it was a manager, and it wasn't sexual, but she was dealing with a new associate coming in and was just, just, I mean, she was the devil, this new associate. What ended up happening, she had a really good job, this manager, she had a really good job, good situation, loved her job. The new associate comes in and makes her job miserable. So at that point, like, I hear what you're saying where there's other jobs out there. But what happens if you're in the job you love and this suddenly pops up? I mean, that really stinks, right? It does. This is what ended up happening. She had to go through the channels that the office manual had laid out. And glad she had an office manual, first of all. Um, she complained. She wrote, you know, wrote it up. She filed a complaint, all that kind of stuff. And the owner doctor didn't do anything about it, which is, again, one of those situations where if you don't stand up for the people who stand up for you daily, no surprise when they walk she ended up leaving the job and she hated leaving because she loved her job. It was this associate. And then of course, two years later, the associate's gone because she's evil and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if she ever went back or not. I ran into her when the associate left point. So, um, but you know, honestly, she could have filed suit, you know, a hostile workplace environment. The owner doctor didn't take them seriously, didn't provide any kind of what's the word? counseling, remedy, mediation, whatever yeah. it is. Because I think that's, if it's outlined in your book, in your manual, you have to do those steps and they, they weren't done. So she would actually have a good case. But but here's the thing you said a minute ago. You were glad that they had a manual because yes. you and I both know that there are a lot of practices out there that, that doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's a real good thing to think about, you know, and I know some people roll their eyes as they hear this, but as we kick into a new year, maybe that's a really good thing to think about it, making sure that your practice not only has one, but it's up to date as well. Oh, for sure. Up to date. Oh my gosh. Employment laws are changing so rapidly with COVID. I mean, there were so many laws about, you know, how long you had to pay them for COVID pay and all that kind of stuff. If I remember correctly, your state actually still has that all in place where if they call out for COVID, you're paying for them. So basically if I feel like I'm covid I could call out and get paid. And that's, ugh, that's terrible. I think knowing your state laws, I believe either reaching out to an HR expert or reaching out to your local dental association, your state dental association and saying, we're, we want to make sure that we're up to date. What do we need to know? And really relying on them for mm -hmm. some of that information, I think is, is well worth the time. You know, who had just, I think their first HR summit was Bent Erickson and Associates. Yes. Great people. Yeah, wonderful. So I'll link them in the show notes. To have a whole thing on HR, you know, to some people it sounds deathly just like a whole thing on insurance. But as a manager, this stuff comes at you fast. Once lawyers get involved, your whole dynamic at the office has changed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I was very frustrated to miss that Ben Erickson conference because it was here in Denver. And I was out of town at another meeting during that time. So definitely want to take advantage of that next time. Yeah, because I think it's back in Denver next time, too. And why wouldn't it be? Let's well, be because, you know, you guys smell like weed, so. Well, we don't just smell like weed. Let's, you let's are, you like, are weed. We, we, we are weed. 
I am Groot. We are weed. You know, all that. I tell you, I was in New York City for the Greater New York meeting just recently, and I everything is weed there. Everything. It's just, it's so potent everywhere. And I was like, oh, not even the good stuff. It's terrible stuff like I'm smelling. Did you go to Times Square? Were the weed yeah. trucks there? No, I didn't see any weed trucks. What? No, but listen, Kevin, I'm telling you, my New York City strategy nowadays is get in, get out. It's a good strategy. Yeah, I'm not, I I don't feel safe there. I, and many of you who listen and have never seen us, I, I'm Asian. And there's some Asian hate going on in New York City. Even my, my Lyft driver, who was from Nepal, he said, yeah, you better watch yourself. I was like, really? Wow. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But Times Square itself, I went across the street to the restaurant with our friend Paul Feuerstein, as I told yeah. you, and that was safe. I got onto the shuttle to go to the Javits Center. That was safe. Lyft to go to the airport. Very safe, but I'm not doing the whole walk around thing. You, on the other hand, were like all up in New York City last time. Oh, you I'm, I'm Mr. Let's Ride the Subway. You know, my mom's going, you're going to die. And I'm like, no, I'm yeah. not. And I, and I did. Spoiler alert. I did. <laughs> but, you know, sadly, I mean, honestly, white male, you know, Asian female. Yeah. yeah. And sadly, it, it does make a difference. I know it does. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't run very fast. I don't. <laughs> so I'm in trouble. <laughs> And I'm short, so I'm right in the strike zone. I'm in trouble, Kevin. Like, Well, I haven't run the NYC Marathon in a while. Let's just put it that way. But <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I can even outrun you. So we'll see. You know, We'll race next time. We're at Yankee. How about that? Listen, if the zombie apocalypse hits, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm the one that you're going to want to outrun. And then that oh. way it gives you some time. So, And Kevin, that's okay. I would, I would do that for you. I'd swing a barbed wire bat for you. I'm just going to tell you that. This is the friendship of the ages right here. <laughs> All right, dear listeners, once again, our hats off to you if you put up with this and you found us entertaining. I will put links to Knockers and Boobs. We'll put links to Who and CDC and also the Bent Erickson. And uh, happy reading on that. And be careful Googling. That's all I have to say. Kevin, any uh, parting thoughts? You know, I, I think we've covered the gamut today, and hopefully our British friends turn back in toward the end, but we'll see. So, <laughs> I'm impressed, though. We actually managed to go international again. We, we it's have. always fun to do that. Always. All right, dear listeners, thank you so much for spending your time with us. And that's a wrap for this episode of Chew on This. We hope you laughed and learned a little. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned, and don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics. We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then.